guys welcome back oh my goodness i literally cannot put into words how much i missed doing this i feel like almost like it's not natural just because it's been a really really long time what's felt like a long time since i have done a podcast it blew my mind even thinking about it but it has literally been more than two months since I have posted anything for the podcast and what a part of me is like oh that's really disappointing and honestly so sad because I feel like I almost ghosted but a big part of me does know that it was for a good cause and for a very very good reason so before I jump into anything today I need to give of course like a life update because so much has happened since the end of November. I know that our last series was going to be getting my life back together, but God definitely convicted me and made me realize through that the beginning of that series that I needed to get my own life back together, that I needed to step into a new light, step into a new perspective and grow before I tried to show other people how to do that. And it was beyond convicting because I ran into so many things that really opened my eyes to, oh my goodness, I'm walking into friendships like this. I'm walking into relationships like this. I'm walking into my work life like this, my educational life like this. And it was just so much brokenness that was kind of revealed to my face. And it was a big slap in the face, but it was definitely needed. Because now I feel much more confident and much more, I want to say transparent, in the sense of I just feel open to be who God has called me to be. I feel more open to be aware and transparent about what it is to live a Christian life. And I think it's a transparency that's actually lacking in this generation and this time. And it's something that is definitely needed. It's something that is, uh, it's such a necessity to be so transparent about our struggles and how hard it really has been to live for Christ because I think before it was a lot of encouragement and I think that is a beautiful thing to encourage others and to push but honestly I feel like there were little missing parts of transparency that needed to be put out there that could help others be transparent about their struggles so I think I I took a big step back And I decided to just give all of me to God. And it was a painful two months. It has been an overwhelming two months, especially trying to do all this along with living my life and growing in areas that I was not used to growing in. So I'm glad that I got to take this time off, but I am so so happy to be back and to be able to give a word to you guys again it feels so out of the ordinary but I am so excited to bring something new to the table to bring new ideas and new things that are definitely coming soon so I really hope that you guys can stay with me on this and just continue to please pray for this ministry pray for myself as I will continue to pray for you Amen. Okay, so now that that's kind of out the way and the ice is kind of broken, I want to explain, after the series come back to me, I really came to the realization that the series itself really revolved around surrendering everything to God. But the only way to do that is by giving your effort to God. Now, effort is exactly what so many believers seem to be lacking in this moment. I've watched so many believers, including myself, 
wait for the process or trials to just go away. Our reality is becoming so much harder to come to realization with. So we're turning away, which results in turning away from God because God is part of that reality. Even though it really is a hard truth, it's hard to accept that the God of the universe who we have fallen in love with, that character, the abundant love and grace and mercy that he carries, it's hard to think that he would be part of our difficult reality. He would be part of our trials. Not saying that he's so much forcing these trials on us, but that he is allowing some things to mold us, some things to make us uncomfortable so that we can become strengthened and develop a beautiful character that he knows will be the outcome if we endure these trials and make it out, which of course we can through him. But sometimes it's just hard to accept. It's one of those truths that really hurt when it hits you. But you and I cannot have God and ignore the trials. The only way to grow closer to him is by embracing your reality and remaining in God's promise that he is your refuge, your secret place, your peace, and all that you need to endure your reality. Now, if you look away from your reality and you look away from God's offer, but try to cling on to parts of God, then you can't expect to live a life for God because your heart will be consumed by its surroundings, which is this world. So when we choose to follow God, we're accepting him in the package of also having to deal with a difficult reality, but clinging on to his promise and his offer that he will be everything that you need in order to endure these trials. So lately, I have been constantly reminded of the poem from Deeper in Trust. And if you guys do not remember that poem, definitely go back on the website. It's under the Deeper series, and it's the second word, which is Deeper in Trust. I never got to explain the visual I gained from this poem as much as I had wanted to. But God knows exactly why, because the timing is definitely now. So this title is actually based off of the scenario. Because the title of this entire word for today is the battle against yourself dying in the deep. Now the battle against yourself is the series itself. And dying in the deep is today's title. Now... The whole purpose of the Deeper in Trust poem is to express the hardship of enduring trial after trial from a Christian life perspective. So how I visualized this moment was me exiting this deep forest that I had been walking in for months. Literally envision this deep, deep forest like a big long just trees and trees and trees everywhere and I have been walking in it for months and finally I see sand up ahead so I'm arriving to a beach and desiring to just rest for a minute as I reach the sand I see Jesus and he tells me to walk into the ocean I'm now aggravated and telling him Everything I said in the poem where I was like, you just don't understand me. You don't know my limits. And then he corrects me and he walks me past the shore. Now, as I'm going deeper, I'm seeing him fade. But I see a supernatural glow and this presence just surrounding me. Kind of like, I know it's weird, but kind of like a hamster ball but transparent, like completely transparent. And it's like glowing. And that's how I imagine the presence of God sometimes when I say like, God, remain with me, remain beside me. 
I literally think of like this glowing presence literally grabbing on to every part of my body. I don't know, that's my perspective of it. But in this visual, I literally see now at this point we're walking into the ocean because I've accepted, like in the poem says, I've kind of accepted that, okay, Jesus really does understand me. I'm just complaining too much. Let me stop. And I want you to literally envision walking on the water with Jesus. Now, the shore is super easy because it's clear. You can see right through and you see all of like the sand at the bottom. But then you're walking further and further. And again, he's surrounding you in his presence but he's physically the physical body of him is fading and you're no longer seeing the physical aspect of him okay now that we have that visual now you're walking on the water and you're feeling shaken by the waves you're scared of what could come below you and attack you and you're really not knowing when this will end but you're trusting him to guide your feet, secure your sight, and relax your mind. Now, at the end of the poem, the visual is me walking deeper in the ocean, but at night, where everything is dark. What do I do to feel secure in this horrifying circumstance? I praised God. And literally how I saw the moment was me walking towards complete darkness and I remember even thinking okay let me add like I'm blindfolded and literally what I'm walking on because I don't know if you've ever seen the ocean when it's like at night but it is horrifying because it is literally pure darkness so imagine walking on the water and you know that the presence is around you, but you're now blindfolded and you're just walking. You don't know when it's gonna end. You don't know what's below your feet. You don't know how big the waves are ahead. You don't know how chaotic maybe the ocean is right now, like how dramatic the waves are. Um, you're just hearing whatever is surrounding you. And even worse, which terrifies me like in real life, is like the creatures in the ocean. Imagine walking and you just don't know what's gonna attack you. You don't know what's out for you. But you're just trusting that this abiding presence is going to be your eyes. Despite you not seeing anything and not knowing the outcome of anything. So literally, like I said at the end of the poem, all you hear is me praising. I'll literally, I just started saying like, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rofi, my healer. I was grabbing onto every one of God's names because I knew that that would be the only way I could endure what was so scary to even think about. Because I was, of course, doing this to give myself a spiritual analogy but at the end of the day, I was trying to visualize and compare my spiritual life to this scenario. So literally, I felt terrified even thinking of every moment. And I was just like, God, if I were actually stuck in this circumstance, I would just be calling on your name. And that's all I'm doing by the end of it. So it came to the realization that the only way to survive walking into the deep end is by praising him. Now, I thought back on this visual because it really describes what we need to do as believers of Christ, especially when we are feeling like we want to give up. I remembered the song that was playing when I wrote this poem. The song is called Peace Be Still, and it's actually sang by Lauren Daigle and there's a lyric that says set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep 
Now, after hearing that, I knew that this would be my goal as a Christian. To this day, I've never forgotten that lyric because despite my circumstance, I will continuously dance in the deep and trust in him, even while not knowing when this is going to end. I don't know, it was such a beautiful thing to actually think that after this visual that I've given you, like literally imagine yourself in this big body of water. Literally all you see ahead is water and water and you don't know when it's going to end, but you're dancing in the deep. Like I literally imagine myself just like spinning in circles and just like dancing and like genuinely being content in the unknown. That is such a beautiful visual because it shows how much trust you hold with the one who is guiding you. So although this is the goal, sometimes after such a long period of being in the deep, after being hit by a huge wave or after seeing creatures surrounding you wanting to attack you, or after losing sight of the presence that's around you, you beg Jesus to walk with you, but he won't do that. And I think we all know why. Because if he made everything obvious and easy for you, it would not require faith. So Jesus is not going to let you have trust issues with him. He wants you to only think of him because that is just as powerful as him physically guiding you. If you still choose to turn away and curl up in a ball, whine about your circumstance, and try to make God change his path for you because you don't like the prerequisites and you don't like the trials that this path requires of you, then you are most definitely going to die in the deep. Dying in the deep changes who you are, how you speak, how you think, your motivation to pursue life, and it creates a weakened heart in you. God will never let you die, but you can let yourself die. So today, this is our focus, how to let our spirits become greater than our flesh so we do not die in the deep. I pray this can be a motivation for you to stand up and dance in the deep. So before anything, of course, I want to pray. So Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for being so, so faithful and for giving a wonderful word. I ask God that you please continuously break our hearts, that you allow us to see you in these moments of struggles that you allow us to remember who you have called us to be. God, let this be a motivation. Let this wake us up so that we can continue to follow you with a pursuit that carries passion, that we can continue to love and fall in love with you every day, God. Please overwhelm our hearts with who you are so that we can continue to spread who you are everywhere we go. Thank you, God for being so, so faithful. And in Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Okay, guys, so I know that was such a long intro, but of course, this is my first time back, so we are going to take our sweet time today. So, our main verse will be Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Now, I normally will read from the New Living Translation, which is the NLT version, just because that is the version my Bible is in. But I looked up several different versions, and I loved the Amplified version, which is the AMP. So I'll be reading both, and because I think the NLT kind of gives like a very broad and just straightforward sentence, while the other gives a very detailed and kind of it opens my mind to exactly what God is trying to say with this so it is one verse and of course I will give you context shortly after reading these verses but for now we're just going to focus on verse 23 
So it says, and this is in the NLT version, instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Very straightforward. It's literally just telling us, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Now the amplified version says, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. I'm going to repeat it again and we'll go a little faster. And be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. Now I want you to note this part down. Through the process of renewing my mind, I can have a fresh, untainted, or undamaged mental state and spiritual attitude. Now, being renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit is meant to remain active in our minds so that the whispers in our ears or the intrusive thoughts can be overpowered by the spirit of our minds. This is the answer to how we can be continually renewed. This answer gives us no excuse to complain about the battle in our mind because God is saying that he has equipped us for this battle. He knows that we as humans cannot live by things unless we are constantly reminded of them. This is why God says to come to him daily if we want to be renewed or in other words, if we want to be reminded of who he is, our call and who we are in Christ. So in this moment, if we are dying spiritually, and I'll give examples of this, if you are rarely talking to God and getting distracted by life without God, If you're forgetting your call and letting discouragement slow you down or even stop you permanently, if you're forgetting who God is and finding it difficult to give any effort into talking to him, or if you're sitting comfortably in laziness, brokenness, addiction, and not wanting to get up, it is because you are living off of a worn out, rotten, contaminated, and comfortable mind, heart, and soul. When you are living this lifestyle, the idea of everything is there, but nothing brings you further than what's on the surface. You know better, but you simply aren't doing better because the only one who can help you be better is not in control of your decisions. Therefore, We can't complain about what this worn-out mind and heart is doing to our characters, our ways of living, and our mindsets because God never asked you to live for Him under this circumstance. These conditions lack weapons that will help you fight against yourself. He asked you to come to Him every single day read about him, talk to him, and fall in love with him so you can remain firm in him. He knows that if you try to live for him while not even looking at him, you will spiritually die and lose sight of him and who you are in him. Now this is where I want to go back because the previous verse says, put off your old self which is being corrupted through deceitful desires. I firmly believe that in this time, we are letting our old nature define how our renewed self walks. We're depending on our own hearts to lead us to Christ and motivate us and find our identities again, when in reality, all our hearts know is deceitfulness and it lacks all godliness. And I think we really never grab onto this perspective or this mentality because literally your heart wants 
nothing more than to please your flesh when you are not allowing the spirit of God to completely consume your heart. And so many of us want to live for God, but not have him be constantly in our lives, but somehow be consuming our hearts so that it can be easier to remember him and to follow him. But we need to do our parts in simply letting him consume our hearts every day because our hearts are so deceitful guys it's crazy that like we really try to convince ourselves i want to say to chase god using our hearts it's crazy because we use all of these methods and we chase all of these perspectives that lack giving God control and we follow these things that we think are right and we abide by different things that are trending like the whole and I can give the example the Christian aesthetic thing where basically like studying with a bunch of pretty highlighters and a bunch of um what is it like pretty pens with a bible study notebook and like basically developing this mentality that without a good amount of office supplies you are incapable of having a powerful bible study that's that's crazy to me it's a little mentality that's being passed around and it's a deceitful thing because what happens when you don't have those supplies you don't feel motivated to do a study because you're like oh well i don't have enough to do a nice study You know what I mean? It's mentalities like this that we follow. And even worse, there are times where we're like, oh, I'll be more motivated later. I'll do this later. I'll, um, we put everything for the side, basically. We put everything for another time. And what happens with that is we are allowing our old nature, which is abiding by our feelings, That's how I consider my old nature. That's how I define it, is my emotions, abiding by my emotions, because that's how it was before Christ. Before Christ, I followed any and every desire that I felt inside. So if I felt tired, I was going to give up. If I felt angry, I threw everything to the side and walked away. Like, that's your old nature, because that's how you were born into acting but god has made you new so now you go against your emotions to live for him now if we're letting that old nature define how we walk with him we are not going to be successful because obviously we're going to get lazy we're going to get tired but if we abide by our old ways well then, we are giving into that laziness. We're giving into that exhaustion. Instead of giving glory to God by saying, God, despite anything I feel right now, please consume my heart. Please let me read your word. Literally, let me just speak to you or let me listen to you. Let me sing to you. This is fighting against your old nature and living for God in a renewed mindset. God says, come to me and surrender everything. This includes your own heart and every raw desire that is not of God so that he can move you closer to him. When we depend on our own hearts, we have to expect to drift further from God. Guys, this battle is literally against yourself. This means your own heart, your flesh, and your mind, which are things that are easy to penetrate or contaminate without something greater than itself leading it. And the thing is that we really deceive ourselves. The moments we say that we'll do things later and that we'll, be, we'll do better, in another moment though, not now. And the enemy will always try to convince you to stop, to complain, 
to distract yourself, to turn away, to run away, or to simply forget God. He is sided with our fleshly desires. This includes things like laziness. I feel like sometimes because it's the enemy, we automatically think temptation means things like lustful sins or things like substance abuse or whatever addictions or struggles you may go through. We automatically assume that that is only what the devil does. No, he will literally... What, why do you think you're on social media for three hours, but then you can't pray for five minutes? It is literally the enemy constantly bringing in, oh, well, you don't have to do this now, but do it later. You shouldn't do it now because you're so comfortable. Literally, just give yourself a minute. You deserve it. Like, it's, it's all of these little mentalities that are just thrown in your mind. And along with that, Worldly culture can easily contaminate how you approach your relationship with God. Because if you allow the mentality of, let's say, self-help mentality, which is like, oh, I need to do everything for me, and I'm my own being, like I live for only me, and it's a very selfish and prideful mentality, But it's being spread everywhere because everyone's like, you can't trust anyone. You have to just trust yourself and believe in yourself because no one else will. And it's, it's such a discouraging mentality. But it's becoming a popular one. And letting things like that that the enemy uses to spread everywhere and allowing that to affect how you now approach God Because God asks you, okay, walk away from this, don't do this. You're like, God, but I want to. Like, I'm going to do what I want. And the same thing with falling into sin. You may tell yourself, oh, what are you talking about, God? Like, I'm going to do what I want, and I know you'll forgive me. See, things like this, mentalities like this, will cause you to approach God in a way that will not allow him to consume your heart. Even things like that will just allow God to be there, but in a very limited way because you are limiting him. Now, the only way to prevent the enemy from having this stronghold on you is by pushing past your desires and looking at God. Trust me when I say it is beyond hard because you're literally battling against your own eyes for God's eyes or the Spirit's eyes. Yet, it is so worth it because in the end, you will see the transformation of your character, your drive for living, your confidence in Christ, and the organization of your life. Now, you may ask yourself, how do I let my spirit become greater than my flesh? when I've let my flesh win every battle. Now, breaking this habit requires a humongous change in priority and perspective. Because what you're doing, you're prioritizing your spirit over your flesh. And you're saying, regardless of what I'm feeling in this circumstance, in this moment, I'm going to fight against it because I know it's going to benefit my spirit. The thing with battling against your flesh for the sake of your spirit is that your your physical nature is like what you are experiencing right now. Literally, your body, your flesh, everything. So I can, honestly, the best example I can give is addiction. Let's give the example, honestly, the one that I really only have an experience in is addiction to porn. Now, with this addiction, I constantly had to battle against my flesh for the sake of my spirit. In the moment, I am thinking, oh my goodness, I just want to do what I want to do, and I just don't want to think of the consequences. Now, slowly over time, after praying so, so hard for God to just lift me from this, 
And again, not that he wouldn't, but I was praying the wrong prayers because I was asking him to take away temptation rather than strengthen me for the temptation. And over time, I was just gaining this endurance. And at first, I would give in so easily and I'd be like, whatever, my spirit's going to go through what, it, what it's going to go through, but I'm going to give in to what my flesh wants right now. I went from that to now, the minute I feel temptation, I call on God's name to just strengthen my spirit and I run. Literally run away from whatever is tempting me, right? So that's just an example. That's a more easier explanation. But if we're applying this to spiritually dying, um, really the urge to not read your Bible, the urge to not worship God even in a moment that you feel so sad and so lost and so numb um the moment that you decide to not pray all of these moments where you decide to not turn to God you're giving into your flesh because of course it is so much easier to just assume that God will give everything to you and that you won't have to do any work that your only job was to say yes to jesus and that is not true you can accept jesus but living for jesus is something totally different and in order to live for him you have to say yes to him constantly and that's even in the moments where your circumstance it you just feel so broken you feel so lost you know the amount of times where i would be at church and let's say like there was you know worship going on and I just stood there for the first few songs and I'm just like God I really don't feel like worshiping right now I'm so sad and like my mind was thinking about my circumstance and pitying myself I was literally falling into a pit of self-pity where I was like, God, I'm so far from you. I feel so tired. God, woe is me. My circumstance is so annoying. Just take me out of it. I want it to be over. This perspective shows that my priority was falling into my own self-pity. And my priority was fulfilling myself and my own feelings, my own emotions. And I was giving into my flesh. Now, what caused me to really get up from the darkness, get up from what was weighing me down and allowing me to spiritually die, which was myself, what allowed me to finally get up was when I said, God, I'm going to worship you despite what I'm feeling right now. I'm going to call on your name despite how fast my thoughts are running because guys it is a battle i really i really wish you understood that battling against yourself is the worst thing ever i'm not even going to say i wish you understood i know you guys understand but i'm saying do you understand what it's like to push to push to push like it's so easy to just let your own flesh win but it is so hard to just keep pushing until the battle is won because you literally have to take your mind off of what is physically happening and you have to put yourself in the perspective of humbling yourself spiritually and remembering that God is your father he's literally the God of everything who just wants your heart and I think that's a perspective that I began looking at which motivated me to push through my flesh because although it was a battle please the amount of times like and I give worship as an example because I know that it's something that a lot of us may battle with when we worship God we only worship him when we feel hype we only worship him when the drums are going crazy but what happens when our minds can't think of anything else but what we're going through 
when our minds can't even think about God, what do we do in those moments? We push until we do think about God. I literally, the other day actually, it was um, last Friday, we had an overnight at my church, which was basically like a late night service. And what we did was this really long moment of worship. It was all God. It wasn't even like purposely like that. But it turned into a beautiful, long moment of worship. And I remember, I really did not want to worship at all. I did not want to sing. I did not want to pray. I was just so overwhelmed with work, with my actual like life decisions, with a bunch of my problems. And spiritually feeling far from God and feeling so frustrated because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I have these moments where my mind just races and it won't stop racing. And I was just so overwhelmed in the moment. So I remember I sat through some the beginning part, which was prayer. And we all had to pray individually. And I just kind of sat and I was like, God, I really want to feel you again. I want to feel your presence again. I want to remember you. Because without you, I feel so worthless. I feel meaningless. And it's the truth. I completely do. So I had prayed. And then worship started. And I remember throughout the first song, literally, I wasn't even singing the song. I remember I repeated the same sentence over and over again. God, let me only think of you. And I kept saying it. And I kept saying the name Jesus. And I came to a point where I felt my heart in it and I felt the passion rising and I felt my heart actually connecting with my words and then this spontaneous moment broke out within the whole church where everyone just started singing Yeshua and it was beyond anything I can say because it was just so unexpected having this encounter with God. I literally just broke down to my knees and I thanked God. And I remember in the moment, after battling against my own mind, I could not even remember what I was complaining about. I literally, in the finally being in the moment, all I could think about was God. And that's exactly what I had asked God for. I had asked God, God, let me worship you and only think about you. And literally, that is exactly what he allowed. He allowed me to finally get to only think about him. And it's not because he wasn't letting me do it before. It's because I was not open to this type of surrender, this type of fight before. And now that I see what the fight does, how worth it it is, my perspective has changed. And I think it's a very humbling mentality that you have to carry when in the moment that you want to give up, that you want to complain, that you want to only think about what you're going through, to say, God, just consume my mind and let me forget it, like just for this moment so I can worship you, God will be the one to then take over for your circumstance. I firmly believe that because honestly, what I had been complaining about that Friday, I now can say are issues that were resolved and solved and they're issues that are being molded and just it's I'm growing in those areas that I was complaining about and I'm realizing that when God says he'll fight for you. He literally means he'll fight for you. All he asks is for a willing heart. A heart who wants to be consumed by him. And I think that's such a beautiful thing to think about. Because the fact that God, the God of the universe, requires nothing more than just your whole heart and your fight. Your effort. So that you were 
willing to choose him over yourself. Choose him over self-pity. That is such a huge thing, guys. I keep saying self-pity because that is such a popular thing to do, which is to mourn in your own problems and to forget about God until those problems are solved. But can I tell you, the problems are going to remain until you fully give them to God. So instead of complaining, instead of letting yourself die, instead of complaining about everything that you're going through right now, your circumstance, how heavy the atmosphere feels, how you feel far from God, how you feel like you can't talk to God, how you feel like you don't understand the Bible anymore, how you feel like you maybe feel far from church, maybe you don't have a church. There are so many things that you could be going through, whether it's spiritually, maybe in your household, maybe your work life, maybe your relationships. There are so many things that we are all going through. But that does not mean that we are just left to die. We need to stand up because God has given us the tools to stand up and walk with him. To walk further into the deep end, yes. To walk further into the ocean without knowing when it's going to end, yes, he has asked that of you. But he promised that he would remain by your side. So the fact that you are blindfolded and walking into the deep end should not matter. Because at the end of the day, he is still surrounding you and he is still willing to live in you. And he is still wanting to speak to you. And have you fall in love with him every day. That is all God wants. He wants you to live for him. Willingly choosing him over yourself. Because he has chosen you from the start. So living a life for God. Getting up from falling apart. And wanting to just give up on everything. If you want to do this. You need to renew your mind. You need to renew your heart. And it's not something that you do alone. It is not something that you do without the abiding presence of God. God wants to you to remain in him. And he has promised to remain in you. So do not let yourself be so discouraged and so dismayed. Because God has made the promise that he will walk with you and he will not let you die as long as you do not let go. So do not let go of yourself. Let this be a moment of encouragement that you remember who God is and what he has called you to do. Who he has called you to be. And step into this. Step into this perspective And actually put up a fight against what is coming against you. Because that is the only way you will survive this walk. And the only way you will be able to dance in the deep end. So I am so happy that I was able to give you this word today. Um, This has been something that I myself have learned And I I think it's such a huge thing to learn. It's something that really transforms your relationship with God, which is exactly why it took me so long to learn it, because it takes a lot of devotion in order to fight against yourself. Now, this is just the beginning. This is the moment that you simply learn about what it is to put God over you, but I am praying hard that God allows this to turn into the category of mental health. If it does, I am more than happy to speak on the actual battles that we face against ourselves every day. Um, But I know that God is going to do something with this series. And I know that the big battle against myself with this ministry specifically was the consistency in aligning my mentality with my spirit so that I could bring a word to you. 
And I think that's why I lacked so much consistency last year. Because I was falling apart and then trying to get back up and then falling apart and giving in to my emotions. I was tired. I was procrastinating. I was waiting last minute. And God is teaching me, no, this is what you have to do if you want to fight for me. If you want to have a ministry where you actually help others, you have to put your spirit above your flesh. So that is something I myself have been learning and I am growing with you. I say it all the time and I will continue to say it that I am growing with you guys. And I thank you so, so much for willingly wanting to grow too. So I thank you again so much for listening and I'm praying hard for you guys as individuals, as believers. I'm praying that honestly you guys take this with you and that you allow it to mold how you view God, how you walk into your relationship with God, how you fight for God. And I really, I know that God is doing great things. God is going to continue to build a beautiful heart in each and every one of us. And I'm excited to see him refine us and mold us and edify us into wonderful children of him so that we can spread his word everywhere. Amen? Oh my goodness, God is just so, so good. Okay, so I will be back next Friday for basically part two of the series. Unless God gives me something else, unless he does not approve of a part two. But regardless, I will be back next Friday. I love you guys deeply. You do not understand. I love you guys deeply. And I cannot wait to continue to grow in this ministry with you. So have a great rest of your day. And I will see you next week.